Welcome to the Food Guides Podcast, a place where sufferers of heartburn, acid reflux, and more can learn from a community of dietitians and nutrition experts. Hello, Jason, and welcome everyone to the Food Guides Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about mitigating risks when it comes to making diet changes. Recently on foodguides.com, one of our expert contributors wrote a series of articles for National Eating Disorders Awareness Week that spoke about many important topics related to making informed decisions when it comes to any dietary change for disease management. There is a lot of misinformation on the internet, and when you are suffering from a chronic condition, the internet can offer a lot of advice. Sometimes the search for relief can make it hard to distinguish what information is credible, and there is the potential for harm if you participate in changing your dietary habits without knowing your risks associated with making the changes beforehand. The reality is that the jump from dieting for symptom management to an eating disorder is not far. Eating Disorder Hope reports that 35% of dieting becomes obsessive, and 20 to 25% of those diets turn into eating disorders. Dieting does not just mean eating less to lose weight. It is any manipulation of what you eat as a means to an end. Now there is a time and place to make dietary changes for condition or disease management, but it should be done under professional supervision. And again, you should always be informed of the risks associated with the treatment. If you are contemplating diet changes, whether elimination of certain foods, low FODMAP, or something else completely, use these tips to mitigate risk. Start by identifying your dream team. Find a registered dietitian with eating disorder experience and expertise in treating gastrointestinal disorders. Connect with a therapist. Evidence supports the use of therapy as part of treatment for some GI disorders. Plus, a therapist can help you navigate anxiety, stress, and obsession that may accompany your treatment journey. Work with a primary care physician or gastroenterologist. Avoid self-diagnosis. There are a myriad of things that can cause GI symptoms, and a doctor is best equipped to find the source. Another tip is to manage expectations and accept that health is a moving target. Food may be one piece of your treatment puzzle, but is likely not the only one. Research suggests that some combination of diet, exercise, stress management, medicine, and or the ever-elusive lifestyle changes can help manage IBS symptoms. Be patient with yourself and the team, as many sufferers must use trial and error to figure out what works for them, and what works today might not work tomorrow. Next, analyze your motives. Be honest with yourself and your team. Is there any part of you that is attempting the diet, hoping weight loss will be the side effect? Diets, including but not limited to elimination diets, should not be used for weight loss. Lastly, be realistic. Elimination diets are meant to be followed short-term, as long-term use raises risk of malnutrition. If you or someone you know is changing your diet to improve IBS symptoms, use these tips. If you or someone you know uses elimination diets and you think it may have morphed into disordered eating behaviors, 
find a local eating disorder professional in your area for further evaluation. Let's move on to risk factors for eating disorders. While dieting is a risk factor for developing an eating disorder, it is not the only one. The National Eating Disorders Association says, the risk factors for all eating disorders involve a range of biological, psychological, and sociocultural issues. Knowing your risk factors for developing an eating disorder allows you and your team to develop a strong prevention plan. Research shows that early detection and treatment aids in recovery from eating disorders. These factors come from an abbreviated list adapted from NIDA to evaluate your personal risk factors. Biological factors include having a close relative with an eating disorder, having a close relative with a mental health condition, including anxiety, depression, and addiction, or a history of dieting. Psychological factors include perfectionism, especially a type of perfectionism called self-oriented perfectionism, which involves setting unrealistically high expectations for yourself. Body image dissatisfaction, personal history of anxiety, or behavioral inflexibility. Social factors include weight stigma, also known as weight bias or weight-based discrimination, this is a discrimination or stereotyping based on a person's weight. Being teased or bullied, especially about weight, is also emerging as a risk factor in many eating disorders. Loneliness and isolation or trauma. If you are one of the few who have made it to this point in life without ever trying a diet, then your path is clear. Assemble your team, evaluate your risk, and proceed with caution. However, if you are one of the millions of Americans who have tried multiple diets, often starting in childhood, navigating dietary changes for symptom management may be a little trickier. Due to the thin ideal and cultural obsession with healthy eating traits of a specific eating disorder, orthorexia may fly under the radar or even be praised as a commitment to health. The term orthorexia was coined in 1998 and means an obsession with proper or healthful eating. Although being aware of and concerned with the nutritional quality of the food you eat isn't a problem in and of itself, people with orthorexia become so fixated on so-called healthy eating that they actually damage their own well-being. Stop and consider the following signs and symptoms of orthorexia. If they resonate with you or you have concerns about a loved one, you are not alone. Compulsive checking of ingredient lists and nutrition labels. An increase in concern about the health of ingredients. Cutting out an increased number of food groups. For example, all sugar, all carbs, all dairy, all meat, all animal products. An inability to eat anything but a narrow group of foods that are deemed healthy or pure an unusual interest in the health of what others are eating, spending hours per day thinking about what food might be served at upcoming events, showing high levels of distress when safe or healthy foods aren't available, obsessive following of food and healthy lifestyle blogs on Twitter and Instagram, 
and body image concerns may or may not be present. If you or someone you know may be suffering from disordered eating behaviors, find a local eating disorder professional in your area for further evaluation. The National Eating Disorder Helpline has a number of resources to help, including an online chat at nationaleatingdisorders.org and a talk or text helpline at 1-800-931-2237. Our team of health and nutrition experts at foodguides.com are here to support our community of GERD, acid reflux, IBS sufferers, and those following the low FODMAP lifestyle. Keep up to date with foodguides.com on our social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at foodguideshelp. And head over to foodguides.com to join our weekly newsletter for more bite-sized information straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening to the Food Guides podcast. Please take some time to visit us at foodguides.com where you'll find articles and information along with food and product recommendations from our growing community of dietitians and nutrition experts. 